I want to start our new series today uh, that we are talking uh, about building and rebuilding some things in our lives, and that's why uh, you got uh, the piece of, of wood here, just symbolic of building. We've entitled this month's series, we're going through the book of Nehemiah, and we've, we've entitled it Brick by Brick, and I'm asking you just to lean in uh, this month. I believe this series is going to be very helpful, and I'm asking you to block out all of the distractions Uh, And when we have uh, these weekend messages and time together in God's Word throughout the month of September, you'll really lean in and believe that God wants to speak to you uh, this month. I heard the joke about the cross-eyed disc thrower. They said he didn't set many records, but he definitely kept the crowd awake. (laughs) And uh, I hope you stay awake today. There are five things that would drive StorySide, our heart, our mission, even when I listen to Pastor Josiah's wife, Whitney, up here sharing about the offering, giving you the opportunity to be generous, whether or not it's, it's giving your money, whether or not it's serving like you, you've seen the story on the screen saying that this is the highlight of the last five years in my life. When you, when you are believing in whether it's sharing a post on social media, when you support the vision of StorySide, there are five things that could really sum up what we do here. And I just want you to be able to see them on the screen today. Uh, But number one, our vision is to equip leaders to change the world. Our vision is to equip leaders to change the world. So if you hear me talk about internship, we would be talking about this. If you hear me talk about the importance of parenting, raise your children. Don't let your sons and daughters be raised uh, just by television or just by the school system. You need to make sure you're raising your children. Uh, This is what I would be talking about. We want to raise leaders that can change the world. The second thing that would drive the vision and mission of StorySide is that our invitation is extended to everyone. Our invitation is extended to everyone. And so when people ask, is this a church for older people? Is this a church for younger people? Is this a black or white church? Is this a rich or poor church? Like what level of sin is the cutoff? If, if they've only been divorced twice, can they come? If they've been divorced three times... Our invitation is extended to everyone. I don't think the cross had stipulations, and I believe Jesus can change anyone's life. I've never seen anyone too far gone for God. Our invitation is extended to everyone. Number three, our mission is to provide a safe place for all ages to experience God's grace and truth, a safe place. And so uh, we have tried to create a culture here where people are not afraid to admit their struggles. I've had friends of mine come that have said, Micah, I am shocked how people can admit what they struggle with at StorySide, uh, that it's not just the good, but people will actually talk about the bad and say, I need help, or I need counseling, or I need to go to Freedom Nights. I want this to be a safe place where people can say, I need Jesus in this part of my life, this, this part right here. This, I'm, not, I'm not just bringing my Sunday best. Uh, I can actually show up my Sunday worst. Uh, and God can still work in that area of my life. And mixed in the safe, uh, we also want our children to be safe and our property to be safe and our premise to be safe. So we have a safety team. And that could be everything from a spill 
uh, water on the floor, that they would clean that up, uh, as well as watching our kids check in. That safety is a really important piece and part of StorySide straight across the board for us. Number four, our heart is to do everything humanly possible to provide hope for hurting people. Our heart is to do everything humanly possible. And so that could be feeding on the square downtown. Uh, that, that could be providing online options. That could be going into uh, the prisons. There's so many things that could be entailed in this, but we are going to do everything we can, not just to have an hour set aside on a Sunday to say we went to church. We want to do everything humanly possible to provide hope for hurting people. And then finally, our hope is for you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose, and to make a difference. We don't want this just to be the Pastor Micah or the Pastor Kristen or the staff show. Uh, We want you to play your part. We want you to be on the team, not just in the stands cheering us on. Uh, We believe that we're all better together. Uh, And so you'll, you'll hear us encourage you to find your purpose. Find your purpose and do what you can to continue to move the church, to move the kingdom forward. As we talk this month about vision and building and rebuilding, I mentioned that we're going to study through the book of Nehemiah, and I want to start today by reading three verses out of Nehemiah chapter 1. Nehemiah chapter number 1, verse 2, 3, and 4. We are going to find that Jerusalem at this juncture in time is somewhat of a ghost town. Nehemiah is not really a preacher or a priest or a leader maybe in in the kingdom like you would think. He's actually a cupbearer. Many people believe that he was a community leader, and I think that should encourage all of us uh, as we talk through this series that you can play your part. You can do a lot for God if you'll embrace the opportunity to be in Nehemiah in 2019. Verse number two of Nehemiah chapter one says, uh, Hanani, one of my brothers, came from Judah with some other men, and I questioned them about the Jewish remnant that had, everyone say, survived, that had survived the exile, and also about Jerusalem. They said to me, those who survived the exile and are back in the province are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. And when I heard these things, I'm drawn to this, I sat down and wept. For some days, I mourned and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. In the Jewish writings, they would write that the gates had been completely, it would use the word completely in their translation, completely burned up. Things are demolished, destroyed. When you study the history of what I just read to you, it's very devastating. Basically, everywhere they look, they see what's been wrecked, what's been ruined. The CEV translation would say those captives who have come back are having all kinds of troubles. They are terribly disgraced. Jerusalem's walls are broken down. Its gates have been burned. What I want to draw to your attention first and foremost today is this, that 
It's very easy when you read the story in book of Nehemiah to immediately be drawn to Nehemiah building the wall. Even if you don't know all the details, if people have heard the story of Nehemiah, they will immediately start to think that Nehemiah built a wall. And that's very true. But what I want you to notice today as we launch this series is that prior to addressing the city, the ruins, the wall, prior to doing property assessments, Nehemiah is going to ask and hear about the condition of the people. The people. Because as much as I appreciate 60,000 square feet, that's our property here, as much as I love 41 acres and multiple entrance and entrance and exit points, story side has always been and will always be about people. It's, it's so easy to even hear about renovations for a kid's ministry. But it's not renovations so that we increase the appraisal value of our building. It's not, it's not about people walking through and saying, wow, what a cool play area. Wow, those classrooms are so big. It's about little kids that can hear about Jesus. We were singing the song earlier, I came here with nothing but all you have given me. And for whatever reason, I am like almost in a flashback mode of Angel and I coming 17 years ago, driving a motorhome on our way to Louisiana. September 11th has just happened. We're, we're checking on our family and some friends and never imagining that pulling into Mansfield, Ohio, we would never leave. <laughs> but as we're singing the song, I came here with nothing, I was just thinking about my own life. Storyside was not started with property as the priority. Storyside was birthed out of in a basement of a hotel Leading, caring, loving people. And our, our 17 years will come up on March 23rd, but over 16 plus years, it's still about people. It's about praying today for a single mom with tears streaming down her face. It's about walking back and hugging Zach and praying over his children. It's about praying over a young man that's saying, Pastor, will you pray for my mom, Stacy, and her health condition? That's people. I'm thankful for the chairs. I'm thankful for a hundred and some thousand dollars of lights. I'm thankful for sound equipment back there for a quarter of a million dollars. I'm not against any of that, but Jesus came to save people. He came to seek and to save that which is lost, and we should never love the property more than we love the people. When you look at how this could apply to our own lives, you could be in everyday conversation and people could say, how's business? 
How's business, bars? How's business, Stovers? How's business, Kyle? How's, how's Walmart, Junior? You see how easy it would be for the church to become how's story sign? How's the budget? How's the building? How, how's the appraisal? How, you see how easy it can become about the bottom line or the building? And may we be reminded today in hearing about Nehemiah that it's not just about the wall. It's about the people. When you look at life, your life, my life, it's not just how's your house. How's your new house doing? You didn't settled in your apartment or condo? Wow, that's great. The new business, the new exit, new things coming. Wow, that's great. Your property value is probably going to go way up. My question today is how's your family? How's your marriage? How's your kids doing? It's not just how's church. How's church, Micah? I'd have to look back at the number, but I think last week it was just shy of nine, just shy of nine, it'd be 18. Tuesday was, was it 287, so 18, just shy of 21 with students. So let's say at this location it's 22, 23, 2400 last weekend. You know how easy it would be for my friends to say how's church and for us to get caught up in big picture and I'm not, against, I'm not against that. I'm very thankful for everything God's given me. But the real question for me getting in my truck and pulling off the property today is how's a single mom doing back here in the third row crying? How are you doing today? I don't want you just to come to a building because you could do that today. You could come to a building, park in a spot, sit in a chair, and say you went to church. I don't want you just to go to church. I want you to go to God's presence. I want you to be refreshed and restored today. How are you doing today? How is your mind? How is your heart? How are you? When Nehemiah begins to assess and hear the reports, the answer that he receives is that people have survived. They tell him that two times. People have survived. The word survive, by definition, means to continue to function in spite of. To continue to function in spite of. What have you survived in your life? Say, Pastor Mike, I was abused. Pastor Mike, I went through a divorce. Pastor Mike, I was laid off. Pastor Mike, in my last church. They tell Nehemiah, these people have survived, but they are in great trouble and disgrace. Can I submit to you today that there's more to life than just surviving? There's more to life than just saying, I pulled through. And in this story, part of the description or details is that there was burning, there was things that were broken, and there are things that were buried. Chapter 1 and chapter 2, burned, broken, buried. 
I don't want to just give you a historical lesson of Jerusalem and 597 BC and I, I don't, I don't want to just give you all of those things today. I want in our final few minutes together for you to have some transparent, open, honest moments with God and look at what it is in your life that needs to be built or rebuilt. Let's start with, because it's hard to build or rebuild something that you're not admitting is burned or broken or buried. So I could say, get your block, hold it in your hand, let's pray all over the room. But if you're not willing to admit that there's anything burned or broken or buried in your life, what are we trying to build and rebuild? It's not only possessions that, that get burned. When I read this story and they say walls are burned and a regions burn and a city, it's not just possessions that get burned. Our house burnt down, I think I was 17. And a trucker, a semi-driver, a, a trucker's pulling by. My dad had been trying to go back in and out of the house to get more items and, and breathed in, went unconscious. A trucker had to pull him out of the window. When I got to the hospital and my dad is hooked up to machines and he's black, pretty much top to bottom just with, with all of the, the damage of going in and out of the house and, and what, what had taken place. And I'm just glad he, he was able to get out of the fire. But, but it's not just possessions that get burned. I, I have met people over the years of pastoring that have been burned relationally. They've been burned relationally. That have been burned emotionally. That you have been burned when it comes to trust. Some of you could have been, a, you may have been attending Storyside for a year or two or three or four or five, and you are still not completely all in because you were burned. So you can survive, right? That's, that's what he told Nehemiah. They've survived, but they still, and then he begins to give all of the issues that they're having. I've met people that were burned religiously. When you've been burned religiously, you could talk about something 20 years ago like it was 20 minutes ago. If you were raised to think that God was mad at you, God hated you, God was looking for a reason to like erase your name out of his heavenly book, if, if you were raised to never feel like you could measure up, to God, then you are going to constantly feel this pressure in trying to understand grace. It, it, could, it could be years ago, but once you've been burned religiously, it constantly tries to come up again. I know people that have been burned by parents, divorce, a mom or dad leaving. That, that don't even really want to come on Mother's Day or Father's Day. You dread those days. You endure those days. 
You can't wait till the next day gets here from it. Because if we were just to be honest for a moment today, there's more things that get burned than just walls and houses. It's not only walls that get broken. We're, we're going to pray here in a few moments. I just want you to know what it is you're praying about. When you hold your block, I want you to pray specifically about the areas of your life that need built and rebuilt. Because when you look at the word broken, there would be people in this room and online right now that what's broken in your life is broken trust. You may not want to admit it to everyone, but because trust was broken in the past, now you have to second guess everything. Now you have to stalk. Now you have to wonder, like overboard, because your trust was broken. People have broken confidence, broken esteem, broken vision, broken dreams. Our, our nation definitely has broken families. Whether it's divorce or death, there are people that maybe you don't have a broken wall, but you have a broken heart. Broken promises. People gave you their word. You thought you could hold on to the word. And now you're dealing with that area of brokenness in your life. Studies show that we experience trauma that when we go through unexpected or unfortunate events and that trauma produces severe anxiety in our life. It's not just the broken and the burned because everyone in this room, you would have something that's been broken or burned. I'm drawn to chapter two when they said and things were buried because a lot of times our nature, junior our natural defense mechanism is to take what's broken, to take what's burned, and to bury it. I've had people that have told me, numerous now, Pastor Micah, I have never told anybody this. And then they will begin to share, whether it's an abortion or something from their childhood or, or a past, they'll say, I've never told anyone. What? Why? Do people live for years? I want to help you today. Why do people live for years and years and years and never tell anybody? Because a lot of times we take what's broken and burned and we bury it. As if for some, you know, we, we think that by burying it, it goes away. It's no wonder they tell Nehemiah they survived. Well, they came through it. They're still breathing. Like they're still walking around, but they're greatly discouraged. And he uses the word that disgrace. That means disqualified from grace. Your head's down. You feel lower. Disgrace is set in. What's buried in your life? What's buried in your life today? Is it possible that you have buried your talent? 
You know, there's a parable in the Bible where he gives one five, one two, one, one, one talent. And the one guy takes his talent, and the Bible says he buries it. Like, what if in the room today, what if online, someone has a gift of faith? Or you would have a gift of hospitality. What if someone today that you have so much you could offer to the kingdom of God? Your smile, your sense of humor. What, 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 what if it's your creativity? But for whatever reason, you have buried that thing. And you come in here week after week or you log on because it's so much easier. You may not have buried it naturally, but, but it's easy to stay in the shadows. It's easy just to log on. It's easy to come late and leave early because in your own way, you've buried it. And by burying it, it's almost like you can just survive. But I want to challenge you today as you listen to God's Word. It can be rebuilt. It can be restored. It can be renewed. You don't have to live the rest of your life with it buried. Is it your sin? Have you buried your sin? You think by burying it, that makes it go away? Have you really repented? The Bible says confess your faults to someone. I'm not a big fan of standing up and shouting out. I hear about churches that do that. Like, come forward, tell the whole world that. I don't even think that's biblical, but, but I do think it's important to find someone that can help hold you accountable, someone that can love you. You know, Achan stole, it's a sin. Achan steals, and the Bible says he, he buried it. He hid it. Is that what's buried in your life? Have you buried hurt? For some of you, have you buried bitterness for the next 60 seconds? High five someone close to you, smile big. But, but on the inside, if, if we were to go a little bit deeper than your high five, do you have something that's just eating away at the inside of you? Some people are buried under debt. I heard just yesterday, I had to listen to it again because I, I thought I missed it. It said potentially one out of four millennials have debt right now that they're going to die with. You buried under debt? Did you bury your head in the sand? Are, are you denying the reality in your life? The report is to Nehemiah, they survived, but they're still struggling. You can live through something and still be damaged and scarred from it. You can be breathing, but still dealing with what's been burned and broken in your life. When Nehemiah heard this, in our last few minutes, when Nehemiah heard this, the Bible says he sat down and wept. He sat down and wept. As I have prepared for this message with the team the last couple weeks, I pray that our staff, I pray that our pastors, I pray that our leaders, I pray that we never stop weeping over broken people. I pray that I don't care how long I've done it or anyone else on our team, I never want us to get to the point 
where you can hear about Leslie is struggling with, Leslie is battling, Leslie is going through. Pastor, pray for my kids. Pastor, I'm a single parent. Pastor, my mom's Stacy. I never want to get to the point where I could hear about someone's situation and I don't sit down and weep. I don't sit down and pray. And I pray that for you. I pray when I talk about kids' ministry and the prison in Richland County and Knox County, Morrow County and Crawford County. I pray I can't talk about that stuff and you let the bucket keep passing by and you not sign up to serve. I pray that there's something in all of us that will continue to challenge the Nehemiah on the inside of you and I. I've got to do something. I've got to make a difference. I've got to play my part. Pastor Kristen is meeting with principals this week, sharing with me just yesterday a number. It's in the hundreds, in the hundreds. I think the number was 460, is that right? 460 children last year that would have been considered homeless in our county. We're trying to figure out the details and dynamics of that. What, what, can we, what can we do to help? Is it some sort of after school? Is it some sort of involvement? Is it some, Pastor, we need to be praying that God in these meetings will give her favor, but also open up some wisdom and doors. What could we do to play our part? I don't know if that just means there's not active parents, guardians, there's, there's not... Any type, I don't know all the details or trying to find it out, but my point is when we hear those things, someone should sit down and weep. Someone shouldn't need an arm twisted behind their back. You're going to tithe. You're going to give your money to God. You got, that shouldn't be that way. Shouldn't be like, go to grow, go to grow. Like, I'm going to twist really hard. You need to go to grow. Come on, story side. Do you still weep when you hear those things? Bible says Nehemiah sat down and wept, and then he does something that is so interesting. I have not been able to get away from this. Dr. Miller, I've not been able to get away from this. Every single day this week, I've thought about these, these verses that I'm going to read to you in closing. Verse 5 and 6. In this weeping, praying, mourning moment, he says, Lord, the God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of love with those who Love him and keep his commandments. Let your ear be attentive and your eyes open to hear the prayer of your servant that I'm praying before you day and night for your servants, the people of Israel. Here it is. I confess the sins that we Israelites, including, help me, including myself and my father's family have committed against you. Before I ever build and rebuild, come on, Nehemiah, before I ever build and rebuild, I'm going to repent. Oh, I could grab a hammer. We could get some wheelbarrows. We could start a campaign. Let's, let's raise a million dollars for kids' ministry. Let, let's, 
let's hold your building block today and all over the room, let's pray about what needs built and rebuilt. Actually, before we get to all of those things the next four weeks, I want to start today with what is it in your life you need to repent of? Do you need to repent of apathy? That you could hear all the stuff Nehemiah heard and it doesn't even bother you anymore? Do you need to get on your knees and repent of apathy? Do you need to repent of racism? Do you need to repent of national division? Do you need to repent of relationship with God turning into religion? Do you need to repent of some things that you've buried? Our rebuild will often start when we recognize what lies in ruins. Our rebuild can begin when we see beyond survival. Our rebuild will often start with repentance and remorse. This is really important for all of us. Before we build a wall, we need to ask God to build us. Before we start building the wall, Nehemiah, let's have a verse 5 or 6. I love how he included himself. Here's the guy who's going to build the wall. And he said, I want to repent for anything in my life that shouldn't be there. I want to repent for anything in my family that we've committed against God. And then we'll start picking up tools and resources. And when we get to chapter 2, we'll start building. But right now, in chapter 1, I want to repent. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 4. After Nehemiah repents, the king says to him, what is it that you want? What is it that you want? I want to ask you today in this repentance moment, maybe some of you want to get on your knees and repent today. Maybe you want to lean forward and just put your, your face in your hands and say, God, if there's any wicked way in me, want you to take it out. If there's anything that's in there that shouldn't be, apathy, complacency, status quo, greed, bitterness, if, if I've buried anything, I want you to take it out today. In this repentance moment, as we set ourselves up for the entire month, if the king of kings, if the king of kings was to ask the Wickhams what do you want? What do you want? What's your answer? Junior, what's your answer today? Dr. Mike, what's your answer? If the king of kings asks you, Brittany, what do you want? What are you going to tell him? What do you want from him, Pastor Matt? What do you want from him, Storyside? What do you want from him, Nick? Because in this moment, I believe the wall can be rebuilt. I, I don't believe you have to live the rest of your life surviving. Well, I'm just going to survive and I'm going to hold on to broken trust. I, I'm just going to survive and I'm going to hold on to not trusting pastors. I, I, I'm just going to survive and I'm just going to walk through life with my head down. It doesn't have to be that way. 
The wall can be rebuilt. And God can resurrect the call of God on your life and vision and excite. He can do it. And in this moment, before the Bible says, you and I draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to us. We make a repentant move, and we say, God, I want, I want my heart to be right with you. And then I believe he'll make a move to us, toward us, in response to that. What is it in your life that you need to tell him, I'm sorry? We sing a song here that says, I'm sorry. Sorry that I just went through the motions. I'm sorry that I just... What is it today that you need to sit down? Maybe like Nehemiah, you need to sit down and weep and say to God, God, I I really want to repent today. And then return, God says, "What, what is it in your life that I could restore and rebuild? You don't have to live the rest of your life with things burned and broken and buried. Do you close your eyes today and give me the opportunity to pray for you? I'm so excited for this series. So excited about what God's gonna do through his word this month. I'm gonna ask you a really bold question right now. in the room and online. Are there some things, are there some things that you need to repent of? Yes, we repent to start our relationship with God. We turn from sin. The Bible says we're all born in sin. If you've never made that turn, that's the most important turn. Turn from your sin, you follow Jesus. The Bible is full of accounts where people, even in their faith journey, they got wayward or they got sidetracked or they got off course. I want to challenge even those people today. Are there some things you need to repent of in your life? Are there some things that you've let build up or some things that you've buried that today in his presence, you need to say, God, I repent. I repent of my pride, I repent of my ego, I repent of apathy, I repent of complacency. And here's the bold question, if you're serious, if you are serious, this is not for me, this is for you and God. But if you're serious right now, there's some things in your life you wanna repent of. Just want you to slip up a hand right now to tell him, God, I I wanna make the decision today, cleanse my heart, clean my heart, thank you. I want my heart and spirit to be right. Thank you. Thank you. Now would you do it? Would you repent right now? Let it come out of your lips. Don't just think it, say it. The Bible says there's power in your tongue. Say it to him today. I repent of my bitterness. I repent of my offense. I repent of going through the motions. I repent of not being stirred when I hear about broken down walls and broken down cities and I repent of that not moving me. I repent of times that I've put the property ahead of people, my house or home above my family. I repent at times I've got my priorities messed up. Tell them today, I repent. I repent. 
I repent of the times that I haven't really made the decision to seek first, not second or third, seek first the kingdom of God. I repent. I repent. When Nehemiah talks about himself and his family, if there's anyone in your family that's caught up in racism, racism on social media, racism in their heart, Jesus didn't just die for one nation or one group of people. God so loved the world, the world, the world. If there's racism in your family, I'm asking you to repent of it today. God, I repent of hating people that you loved. I repent of turning away from people that you turn towards. I repent. Let it come out of your mouth. I repent. I feel His Holy Spirit right now. I really do. You say, but Pastor Micah, you don't know what they said or done. You don't know that last church. You don't know that last job. Don't bury bitterness. Don't bury offense. Don't bury hate. Will you repent today for carrying things that you should have cast on Him? The Bible says, cast all of your care. Not just some of it. Cast all of your care on Him. You've been carrying what you should have cast. Repent today. Tell Him, I'm sorry. I should have given it to you. I don't know why I carried it. I see some of you praying together as marriages. I see some already come to the front and praying. Some of you are praying with friends and leaning forward, but but don't miss this holy moment. Just block out all of the distractions right now and just tell them, I repent. If you're physically able and you want to get down on your knees, it's just a sign of humility. It's a sign of saying, God, I kneel before you and I repent. Some of you may want to repent on behalf of our nation. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name would humble, there's the word, would humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. I repent, I repent, I repent. That's what Nehemiah said, I repent. My family, our people. Come on, it can be rebuilt. You say, my my trust is so broken, Pastor Micah, it can be rebuilt. My confidence is shattered. It can be rebuilt. My belief, my belief is so broken, it can, hear me today, it can be rebuilt. you have some things in your life that you know need to be built and rebuilt even if it's just a couple of you but but if you have something specific that you would say I need it to be built and rebuilt I just want you to take that building block in your hand if you would will you take it in your hand those that are kneeling just hold it in your hand those that are praying together if you can just hold it in your hand and I want you to pray specifically for it rebuild our region Rebuild this generation. Rebuild families. I know they say the time and era of strong families is gone. I don't believe that. I believe we can still have strong, faith-filled families. Come on, Nehemiah. Come on, Nehemiah. 
upon Nehemiah. Resurrect it today. Resurrect it today. Do it for Ashley McDonald today. Do it for Rebecca today. Do it for Michelle today. Do it for Junior Powers today. that you would help us to be part of the rebuild. Help us to be part of the rebuild. Help us to be part of the rebuild, Jesus. Nothing else. Nothing else, Jesus. Nothing else will do. Amy, you just raise your hands up. In the name of Jesus. 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 Rebuild it, God. 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 Nothing else will do. Is that how you feel this morning? Why don't you make it your prayer in closing? Can we stand all over the room and just sing it out to Him? Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else. I just want you, Jesus. Nothing else. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. God, thank you for touching the Sumits today. Thank you for touching the Spignardis today. In the name of Jesus. The Davis is God. The Stuckers today, the McKees. Touch the Roberts today. Touch the Shields today. Touch Josh today. Come on, tell them nothing else will do. I want you, Jesus. I want you, Jesus. I want you, Jesus. Nothing else. Nothing else will do. I just want you. Nothing else.